0: Welcome to Fascinating Insights, with breaking news on the way. This episode is on the hoax that is Bigfoot. Our story begins in 1818. Our flag takes on its current design, and Illinois becomes a state. And a distinguished gentleman reports seeing the wild man of the woods in the executive watchman of New Hampshire. It was an animal that stood upright and stared the man square in the eyes then took off running. Though this doesn't quite sound like the Bigfoot sightings today we might be reading about, it was a little bit of a news back in the day and the wild man of the woods was a local Native American hoax and probably something that also referenced early frontiersmen. But it really was and but it was enough to really inspire A whole century of people reporting various wild men of the woods and hairy men here and there, and even a poor boy named Jacko, who was held as a circus entertainment. But it really wasn't... But it wasn't until the 1920s until the bigfoot that we know today started to take shape and that was at the battle of ape canyon in washington state a group of miners who were out doing their thing for the last couple years looking for gold was attacked one night by a group of rock throwing apes that were apparently 400 pounds each and 5-7 foot tall and at one point wretched their arm into the cabin that they were staying in and tried to grab one of them. Uh, The men fired shots off into the night at the strange noises they were making. But they don't know if they Oregonian. So I'm not quite for sure if uh, there was an Oregonian newspaper in Washington State at the time, but I thought it was kind of kind of odd that you know, the story would have ended up in the Oregonian and not some paper from Washington. Do you believe in that
1: Mount St. Helens story? I sure do. I know old Fred Beck who told me about
0: it. The way old Beck told it to me, he and three other fellas
1: In 1924, Fred Beck and four other miners were in a cabin in the backwoods located in Washington State near St. Helens. There were four or five creatures who approached the cabin during the night and proceeded to harass the miners by throwing rocks and pounding on the walls and doors of the cabin. You know, there was big, big shoulders and small hips and hairy. And they was, I call them a black turned brown by the sun.
0: To him outside here, that's what I would call him to be. And muscular And it looks like interesting thing. The next part is JW Burns. Now JW Burns is the one who came up with the name Sasquatch. He get he was in British Columbia, he was an Indian agent. Um and he gathered up some local legends from the tribes there on the Wild Man of the Woods. Uh put it together, and he published stories and legends and things like that, and evangelized the actual name, which was like Sasquee or Sasquat. Uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing it quite correctly, but Sasquatch was kind of en- evangelicized from that and turned into the current Sasquatch. So Sasquatch isn't even a Native American name. So just so you know, um, and again, I guess apparently, you know, those are stories of you know wild men or hairy men and stuff like that. They've had stories of for some time. J.W. Burns himself didn't believe that Sasquatch existed on the way. Um <laughs> So that's kind of. And the next person to contribute to the Bigfoot story comes in 1957, when we have a really interesting show come on the air called Mr. Bigfoot. And Mr. Bigfoot is... Well, let me just go ahead and play it for you now. ...that had a whole mining camp by the ears. The mystery of
1: Mr. Bigfoot. Who's Bigfoot? (laughs) He wasn't prehistoric. He appeared, well, his tracks at least... Over in Owens Valley, west of here, back in the 1860s. I have a diagram I drew from the descriptions given there. The feet measured 18 inches long, six inches wide across the toes. His stride was almost seven feet, and that was walking, not running. Man, he must have been a giant. (laughs) Nobody knows. They never saw him? The tracks appeared in several places from time to time. Watch was kept. But Bigfoot, as the Indians called him, never showed it. I am Mr. Bigfoot. You? (laughs) Paper mache. I'm an expert at making molds. But why? What's the idea? A practical joke.
0: So, I 1957, but in 1958, a man named Jerry Crew, surprisingly enough, finds a giant footprint on his boss's property, Ray Wallace. Um, they take a plaster mold of it, report it to the paper, and the paper comes up with the angel name Bigfoot. Oh, is there a coincidence there between the 1957 show Bigfoot and the 1958 news report of a giant footprint? And Ray Wallace was really the one who perpetuated the myth. Uh, later on, he was kind of, it is, after his passing, his family had told reporters that it was a hoax and even provided the wooden foot that he performed the impression with. And then there's the smoking gun. That's right. The piece of evidence that all Bigfoot researchers point to. And that's...
2: A half-century ago, two former rodeo men went into the woods with a 16 millimeter camera and stumbled on Bigfoot. When she's walking across a setting of paddy, as she would later be known, at Bluff Creek in California is one of the most famous reels in film history. Before the Patterson-Gimlin film, named after its makers, the Sasquatch was a local North
1: ...point out as many landmarks of surface anatomy and muscle masses that you can identify. And they started the head and they can see the trapezius, they can see the deltoid, they can see the lateral and long heads of the triceps. You can see the...
0: Well, let me introduce you to Philip Morris and Bob Hieronymus. Bigfoot himself and the man who designed the Bigfoot costume.
1: This is Bob Hieronymus who wore the suit in the film that you saw with Roger Patterson. And it's of back I'm going to show you that exact same mask And the shoulder pads, these shoulder pads right here are the shoulder pads that we use to to build up the suit. Now the reason Elizabeth, I'm going to show you our suits did get better. That's a suit right there that we a magician who probably spinae down the back. You can see the shoulder blades moving under the skin. I mean
2: Welcome back to Lie Detector, everybody. The Abominable Snowman the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, a rogue's gallery of scary creatures, but none compares to the legendary Bigfoot. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I see those creepy pictures of that Bigfoot walking across a grassy meadow, it always sends shivers up my back. Our next guest says he can ease our anxiety by eliminating at least one name from the Monster Hall of Fame. Why, you ask? Because he says he's Bigfoot. Legends like Bigfoot seem to have always been around. But Bob Hieronymus says that the myth of the giant Yeti exploded onto the scene in the late 1960s when he was filmed in a remote part of Northern California wearing a furry ape suit. Bob says it was hard work. He spent time perfecting the now infamous arm-swinging, big-stepping Bigfoot walk and negotiated the uneven terrain through tiny slits in the scary-looking mask. He says the suit was hot, too, layered with heavy animal-like fur. Bob nearly fainted from the heat of the day. No sooner did the film of Bob hit the local news broadcast than the Bigfoot frenzy hit a feverish pitch.
1: Bigfoot, a huge, hairy, bad-smelling creature thought by some to stomp around in the snow.
2: Overnight, Bigfoot sightings were occurring, well, virtually everywhere. Bob could only laugh knowing that he was the real Bigfoot. Bob's finally going public, even though he knows that some folks still want to believe in the legend. Really, Bigfoot?
0: And the man who designed the Bigfoot costume.
2: Our
1: Are... gorilla. And I didn't know that he did not want to look like a real gorilla. He wanted to look like a Neanderthal man. So I said, well, it looks like a Hollywood gorilla. So I shifted him the suit. Well, first of oh, all, I want to tell you this also. He said to me, I'll tell you about my... it. He says, how much is it? I said, it's $435 dollars. He said, well, I'm not sure I can use this. And he said, I'll tell you what, you send me the suit. And if I can use it, I'll send you a check. And if I can't use it, I'll send it back to you. I thought about that for 60 seconds. Well, maybe 30 seconds. And I said, listen, here's what I want you to do. You send me not a check. You send me a money order. If I can use it, I can use it. I said, I'll hold on to the money order. You see the suit. If it fits, it works, fine. If not, you call me back right away, send the suit back, and I'll send your money right back. Well, it took about six months, or three more, four months, for the seeing it just coming. And I found out the reason why he did not have any money at all. But he went out and raised money from other people, explaining to him his project that he was going to do, producing a Bigfoot walking through the forest, and putting it in on the film. And he raised money to him, and he sold people for about $1,000. He sold seven people, a 50% portion of the
2: project of all the projects
1: <laughs> seven different people. Seven different people. After the bill was shot, not one person received one single dime. And all seven of them received it. Roger Patterson rented a camera for a ca- camera shop in Yakima, Washington got the camera shop owner to show him how to operate the camera and how to jiggle it so he get it out of focus and so forth. He ran the camera, went out, got, had the suit and then shot the film. Did not return the camera. <laughs> <laughs> they had to issue a warrant for his arrest to get the camera. But before he shot the film, he called me back and said, I have the suit here. He said, I've got a couple problems with it. He says, number one, he says, it's not massive enough. in these shoulders, and then, you know, build it. look at your body. Band. I said, here's what you do. You go to the high school. You talk to the coach, tell him, you want to borrow, because I thought he was a pretty the You want to borrow, I said, said you not know, that could be heads under the burden, football shoulder pads. Now, these are the football shoulder pads that were used at that time. The so, ones I showed you on the picture there with Bob Romney's. You can't buy this type anymore. The ones today are all packed up at the top up here. But these are smooth. So once you put a suit on, their suit looks like, a, like those muscles moving under the, under the skin because it's moving back and forth. And that's how that was done. This is Bigfoot's head.
2: Now, just a big liar. The lie detector is soon to find out. Bob, you're here today with a very.
0: So you might be asking yourself, what's the big deal, right? Is this a myth? I mean, maybe it still exi- Maybe Bigfoot still exists. Or what's the big deal in believe- letting people believe in a myth? Well, the problem is just like Philip Morris and Bob just wanted to come out and you know question the neighbors and find out about what's really going on here. And he, since the expression says he knew he provided the costume to uh, Patterson, he really wanted to do so. He wanted to, he couldn't let people believe in a lie. And just like that earlier clip I played of that professor who's supporting, using that film to support evolution, a uh, scientific theory, that, that's just wrong. I mean, that's wrong from not only, from wherever perspective you believe in, but especially if you're a... Uh, you know, a Bible-believing Christian that believes in God and, you know, Jesus Christ like myself, or somebody that the scientist who believes in evolution, you shouldn't have bad evidence. So, why, but why do people keep doing it? Well, to sell newspapers, to sell magazines, to sell TV shows. It's a clip. It's a headline. You know, plus look at all the promotional stuff. You can buy Bigfoot hair online. Buy Bigfoot t-shirts yourself could become a Bigfoot researcher with your own taste of noises and scent. So, in my opinion, Bigfoot is not a No, Bigfoot is not a alien, and Bigfoot is not some missing link. And though there is a lot of things about uh, Bigfoot being a apparition or some sort of spirit, uh so that's something fascinating oh and just so you want to if you want to understand that, that's really fascinating is the yeti comes into play also i think in the 1920s the yeti doesn't exist the abominable snowman doesn't come into existence till like the 1920s and the story behind that one really is just a bunch of people making a bunch of leaps and bounds with they're just connecting things that don't even need to be connected. Uh, You know, the Yeti in that part of the world, the Abominable Snowman, is actually like a religious, it's even a god to some of these people, so that's completely out there and not related to the actual Bigfoot wild man myth that started here and then evolved into this, so anyway, Bigfoot doesn't exist, I uh, wanted to show you the evidence, Um, if you believe in a Bigfoot still, that's your belief, but I don't, and I don't think you should, (laughs) but <laughs> this has been an epic. Pray to God that you have a great day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.